Hello. Hello, Maggie. Oh gosh, Welcome back were... on the show. Hi, thank you for having me again. Nice okay. to hear your voice. Yes, uh, likewise. Uh, how you doing? I am doing great. I am in Andrea's backyard on the lawn furniture, basking with the yard cat in the, uh, you know, dim twilight. That's lovely. I'm in my bathtub. It's it's dry. I have pillows. It's the best sound in here. So <laughs> I'm in the dark. Well, that's a great idea. I would not have thought to do that, but now I will do that in the future. Yeah, I just thought I'd give you the best that I had. <laughs> my full presence is here because it's it's completely dark in the room. It's ultimately like a sensory deprivation experience. Wow, I can feel it. So yeah, we're and if I close my eyes too, then we're together in this virtual space of infinite darkness and <laughs> our voices. And our imaginations. Wow, that's beautiful. Well, you already answered the first question. I usually have people now in this uh, quarantine-friendly format. I have people describe their surroundings. <laughs> uh, but you already have. Do you want to maybe take us take us beyond the rim of the bathtub? <laughs> There's not much going on, really. I, I would say the most exciting thing is the fluffy like, body-length pillow that I have underneath me. It's nice textured that's all that I have going on otherwise it's just um you know just my room and my household and my brother and his girlfriend and all the trees and the owls that are outside being loud loud owls you say yes many in my yard very many I don't know if it's mating season right now or what's going on, but they're very active and they're freaking loud, like right outside my window all the time. Not complaining. I love it. They're amazing. Is that a different kind of owl call when it's in that pattern of behavior? Um, I think they're communicating with one another about something. I'm not sure what it is. Sometimes it sounds upset. Like they're like, you know they're kind of like monkeys they kind of sound like monkeys <laughs> like they're like yelling at each other right so they're hooting, and then they'll go back and forth yeah yeah <laughs> indeed Both. yeah yeah cool. florida's interesting oh my gosh yeah There's a lot going on i'll say well since you were last on the show you've been on a whole mess of adventures i mean i haven't even off the record, heard the full extent of like where you've been and, and what you've done. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I want to because now that I'm in the darkness of my imagination, I can bring myself back. And that's just what I want more than anything is to be in those mountains again. My God, those Utah mountains are really surreal. Honestly, I didn't, I didn't realize that the Salt Lake area had so much beauty. So that was a surprise to me, and I was thoroughly enjoying the climate, just being sort of elevated in general. The air is so crisp and nice. My body really likes that. And then I come back to Florida, and my body's like, hell, 
what is this? Why am I so sticky? <laughs> but <laughs> I think I'm acclimating back to the Florida climate, but my, my body really liked it out there, except I will say that it's a little challenging to breathe for me, for a Florida girl with just so much you know, oxygen and moisture in the air. It was like I was exercising and trying snowboarding for the first time. And I was doing some skiing and I got out of breath so fast. I mean, heaving, my lungs were, you know, really trying so hard to get air. It was hard. It was not happening. And I went for a couple of jogs and man, I, I've never been so winded. So yeah, that's very real, but ultimately I love it out there. Oh my God, the mountains everywhere surrounding the valley. They're so close and they're so beautiful, snow peaked and all the aspen trees that are out there. And then we went out into the high desert, which was a few hours south of Salt Lake. And we took this awesome trailer and we went out to a landscape that was very similar to what I think Mars looks like. It was so cool. It was like these large red rock formations that kind of crumbled if you touched them and plateaus and tumbleweeds and canyons and gorges and gemstones. And it was just like, oh, why am I not there right now? I guess I am in my head. <laughs> And we were just like making these fires outside of our trailer and just burning the tumbleweeds. I mean, there were thousands of these huge tumbleweeds and just burning them and like watching all the embers go up into the sky. And yeah, it's a good life out there. So much to do. And we saw the salt flats, which I thought were really amazing. Crystals, salt crystals, very flat. It's where they race cars. That's where they broke the speed barrier, I want to say. Bonneville salt flats. Yeah, I've seen some images of it where it's dry, I think, and others where it's wet and it's this reflective surface. Yeah. Am I thinking of the right mm-hmm. place? You you are, yeah. So I'm not sure about where exactly I was. Well, I I know that when we were there it was dry, but I've seen photographs of either that place or similar places that looked like that that did have that water sheen and reflecting the sky and making it just sort of look like an infinite sky above and below and it was cool because you could drive out there you know so you could take your car out onto the salt flats and just go I don't know how far it went but I saw somebody in a van just drive out there and just disappear I was like whoa where are you going buddy (laughs) what are you doing wow so yeah it would be cool to go out there with some people that like to drift cars and see what happens. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was your, like, adventuring party like out there? Like, who who were you out there with and what were you there to do? Well, when the pandemic struck, um, all of the plane tickets plummeted in price and our friend... Travis, so Dan, my partner, and I were planning kind of on going out there. We were invited out there by Travis, Dan's business partner. And Travis's dad lives out there in Salt Lake. Nice house, nice family, and Travis's brother. And so he was out there snowboarding, kind of vacationing with some friends and stuff. And all the friends went home. And then Travis was like, well, I just want to stay out here. 
if you guys want to come. So me and Dan hopped on a plane the next day and sort of went out there on a whim. And it was really, I mean, it was just really random. <laughs> so random, but we kind of wanted to get out of Florida because apparently out there in Salt Lake at the time, there wasn't a lot of laws happening, you know, where you had to stay in your house and everything like that. We didn't really understand the extent of the pandemic at that point. So Florida though was starting to lock down really hardcore. And so we were like, okay, we're just going to get out of here. Cause I really didn't want to be stuck in my house. Cause that's sort of a fear of mine of like being claustrophobic, sure. stir crazy. And so we quarantined ourselves in a different way where we went out into nature and we stayed very far away from people for the most part, but just out in the beautiful vast landscapes. We went hiking in the canyons and we did have a tentative plan to make some, yoga videos, some content. Um, we got Dan's live stream sling studio equipment shipped out there. So we would go on hikes and then set it all up in the middle somewhere really beautiful and then film a yoga sequence with like multiple different cameras and angles and things and then go back to the you know trailer or house or whatever and piece it together and try to make some content. So that was sort of a project that we were working on. We almost went like balls deep and ordered like our own trailer, like a satellite wow. system for it and everything. We're like, oh my God, we got to do this because it was so fun. I mean, it's like going out in nature and just being, you know, with those people was so fun. And then uh, just sort of, sort of the vibe of like, we're doing something. We have a project we're working on, you know, and like bringing this wellness to people that are stuck in their homes. And so we had a little bit of a purpose you know, that we were living for, which felt really good. But then stuff really started locking down out there. So we came back to be quarantined here in Florida instead, because it was inevitable. <laughs> right. So how long have you been back in so Florida now? Um, some weeks. I'm here for some weeks now. Then it's been nice. I like redecorated my house a few times. Feels good. Oh, yeah. You've been moving furniture around, etc. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots of that. <laughs> so much house things. It's so in my house right now. But I've been rollerblading a lot. I've been going down the Hawthorne Trail a lot. So I've been still trying to embody how beneficial being out in nature was for me in Utah. So, so you feel like you brought a little bit of that Utah and energy back with you. I did. Yeah. And we, me and Dan are kind of scheming ways to deck out and build out his van that he has so that we can go on more adventures. Oh yeah. So it's, we got projects, we got stuff to do. Keeping busy so that we don't go crazy. Oh gosh. (laughs) Do you have any tips for people who feel like they're going crazy? Like me and many people I know? (laughs) um well first go outside all the time I mean as much as you can just be out in the sunlight and out outside when you can turn off your screen for a while I find uh journaling to be very therapeutic for me but I know not everybody resonates with that so it sort of depends on the type of person you are some people like to talk into a device such as their phone like we are doing now. 
And that is a therapeutic way of self-conversation. But I think some kind of self-conversation is really helpful so that you're aware of every thought that you're having in your head. Um, as it comes out of your mouth or out of your pen, you're sitting with it and you're not letting just random stir crazy thoughts go through your head without being caught. So that's something that I recommend. I had a moment today. I did. I had a moment today. <laughs> But it wasn't something I could control. It was just like a wave of emotion that came over me. And instead of, you know, freaking out, calling people, wanting to dig in, I just, uh, I just took some breaths and I sat down and I wrote some like thoughts down and I, with the intention of sort of like trying to feel better. And I did by the end of a few pages feel better. And, you know, there's a lot to appreciate right now in this time. I know it's sort of hard to hear that, but I think a lot of people will agree that there are a lot of benefits that come from time off and being in the solitude of your home and being able to sort of reevaluate your life and your position in the world. So writing some lists of appreciations is just sort of a go-to for me. It really helps my mental well-being, emotional well-being. So that that can help. What kind of things make your list of appreciations? Oh God, don't even ask that question. I mean, my lists are like 20 pages long if I let them. I mean, so the thing with appreciation, here's the thing is if you get going, like the whole universe works on, you know, physics, but even energy works on sort of what I want to call like non-physics, right? It's still physics. I mean, there's still laws that apply to energy movement. And so with thoughts you know you get one thought going and then another thought like that joins it and then another thought and some would call that the law of attraction or whatever but you know you get momentum going with a certain energy or vibration with the control of your mind so when you're sitting to appreciate if you write down one thing another thing say you start really general like I appreciate you know time off I appreciate the sun I appreciate all the abundance of water available to me like you know the roof over my head, whatever you can come up with, my cat, my dog, my friends, my family, movies, you know, whatever, just writing things you appreciate, then you feel a momentum kick in. And if you just keep going with it and keep writing down the things that come to your mind, I mean, there is no end. Like I have literally written like, 20 pages in a row of things that I appreciate before because I started thinking of things I've never even appreciated but that I do you know what I mean like I appreciate the roadways I appreciate how we can travel anywhere in the world I appreciate you know you just start getting on like a rampage of all the ways that the earth is really pleasing and that the universe is really pleasing and it's such a healthy thing to do it just really shifts your whole veil of perspective and the way that you're looking out at the world so it gets easier when you get the first few things down on the page yeah i agree and journaling is also a practice that i do what about for someone who definitely for sure is not going to pull out a journal doesn't want to hear about that journal but i think that those people there is something in everyone's life that is like their journaling and how do people figure that out Mm -hmm. if they don't know like what's my journaling well i think a really easy thing is just to immerse people in nature or exercise or something that gets them 
out of their normal mindset and out of their normal routine. Just get yourself purged, you know, like go reset. And if you're in nature, the nature will tune you. It'll tune your mind if you let it. So you don't really have to be so active about it. I mean, meditation means many things. And I don't think it's accessible for everyone in the way that some teachers want to teach meditation. Meditation is just you focusing your mind on something neutral. That's it. Maybe one subject or one focal point, like a sound. Or if you're just out in nature, like meditating on the way that nature looks, meditating on your breath as you're exercising, you know, or I mean, just get your mind into a space where you're not, where you're bucking that current of momentum that it has going normally. That's all it is. So it doesn't really matter how you do that. I don't think that there's a right and wrong at all. If you're not a, you know, visual person or a writer or whatever, there's other tactics, you know, listen to music. I mean, like get, get yourself on a stretch. It doesn't matter dance (laughs) laugh look at cat videos if you need to you know just pet your cat like do something that just breaks the cycle of what you're normally thinking about and just get your mind somewhere else for a little while so that you have a chance to like reset your body and your mind and the sort of perspective will shift your whole mind will shift everything will shift and it'll gravitate to sort of your natural propensity for well-being, which we all have. And that is a personal belief. Um, so take it or leave it. But I believe very strongly that we are all connected to a really, really, really strong source of well-being that is abundant, dominant. And if we just don't do the stuff that keeps us from being connected to that, like thinking in ways that prevent our connection or just sort of pinch us off a little bit, that we would just go with that well-being and we would be there and all the thoughts in our minds would match that. And the things that would happen to us would match that too. I agree. And you're the second person that I've interviewed today who has made exactly that assertion that human beings have a natural propensity towards like harmony. Awesome. Who else did you interview? Well, I had Amber Rose that? on the show. She came on. She talked about her practice. Oh. She right now is up in uh, Connecticut. And so I got oh, the, nice. yeah, the Northeastern perspective. But she's doing great. And she <laughs> performed a whole sound healing right basically on the podcast. And That's it was so amazing, cool. including like guided meditation, like vocalizations, like the whole like wow. the Amber Rose works in an audio <laughs> format. The healing rose. Exactly. The healing rose herself. <laughs> what a babe. Mm, I love her. Agreed. She's so awesome. Yep. That's awesome. <sighs> the community is strong. Very strong. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah, no, it feels good to know that there are a lot of people that are waking up to that fact of trusting the well-being, the nature, the innate messages Mm -hmm. (laughs) of that Mm well-being, the reality. Yeah, and I think that the trees and the bushes, I mean, as crazy as it seems, like just looking squarely (laughs) at a tree 
and just ask, like, kind of posing the question, like, should I be panicked about the coronavirus? Like, should I be hoarding food and, like, dried goods? And, like, if you really ask that to the tree, like, you will get this innate answer back. You'll get this, like, almost sarcastic, Mm -hmm. like, the tree's doing exactly the same thing it was doing at the end of 2019. Like, (laughs) this tree is not surprised by anything that's happening in the human world right now. Yeah. It's so funny to be non-alarmist because it's <laughs> controversial. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> Am I wrong? I mean, it's my whole life. That's my life. And I keep it to myself because I I really love alarmists. I love, I mean, people that people don't even realize that they're alarmists. That's, that's, that's the thing though, is they're just like, oh no, 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 no. That's just the way that the world is. I'm like, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're not wrong about that. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, that's, that's something Please. I would like to talk about a little bit is just how people, people don't know um that they're doing something i would say damaging i I don't want to say damaging that's too harsh they're doing something that deters them from the ease and the nature of the well-being that is available to them and to the world they they people do that in a lot of different ways and it's called normal and that's why they do it it's because it's normal. And I laughed really hard yesterday. I actually made a post on Facebook about, so I won't name any names because I would like for it to be very anonymous, but I, I have a friend that teaches yoga and well-being, and they've taught for longer than I have. Although they're the type of person, and this will explain, you know, so they made a post online actually about another friend of mine they posted their name and all of this information about them. And it was saying that this person was scary. We should sort of banish this person from society. Not so dramatic as right. that, but sort of just like, let's all watch out for this evil person together, you know, and as a friend of mine. And so I'm was like, damn, like that is so normal for people to do something like that. And last time we were on the podcast, I think we kind of talked oh, yeah. about that too, was just sort of like this normality of like, Oh no, we got to all hate together the things that are bad. And like, I don't know. It's just so crazy to me that another fellow like light bringer, another person that teaches love, like this person teaches other people how to love more and this person is is posting on their public wall about how we should all hate this person together and I'm just baffled I'm baffled and I'm like how is this normal I don't understand and it's so normal that for me to say this is controversial because whatever that person said something that triggered my friend or whatever. And then that my friend now has an excuse to go and like post it publicly or whatever. I'm just like, why, when did, how, how are we going to overcome this as a society? It's an individual job for each of us to overcome it. So I understand that completely, but I don't think it should be normalized at all to be alarmist, 
or for us to be in this sort of phase of humanity where we are pushing against and uh, jumping to conclusions and being like, you know, I'm afraid and I'm a victim and like all this stuff. And so I get the excuse to like be less than loving and less than it's hard for me to put it into words because it frustrates me. So I don't want to get like emotional about that on the podcast right now, but it's an issue and it's definitely something that I laugh at because it's like, yeah, you can be a yoga instructor. You can be a light bringer. You can be a lover. You can be someone that facilitates meditation and teaches other people how to love. And then you can also go and do that and keep your credibility. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah for real. I mean, and it's I don't not know. Even, I mean, and I'm thinking know. like we're in the South. Like at the very least, we could it could be like the condescending, like oh, let's pray for this person. Like at least then you're like you're being like you're being right. Holier than that's thou, even better. At least you're kind of faking that. At least you have a positive totally. intention. But you're right. It's beyond that. Like. We've gotten exactly. to the point where they don't even get the condescending prayer. They're just a villain, villainized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. It's because I like honestly resonated more with the person that was like triggering this person because he was poking holes in this person's like veil. And this person was like, how dare this person like poke holes right. in my veil or whatever. It's like, it's, you know, it's like, they're your buttons man like they're your like come on like just because this person's seeing your buttons and pointing them out to you you know like that's not something that you should you know really (laughs) preach (laughs) because it's just showing all of us how many buttons you have it's like you know it doesn't really look good I don't know I just think everybody's opinions are sort of a compilation of what they're thinking about you know and the compilation of what their perceptions are and so it's like when someone says something audacious, like, oh, you know, that's just, you know, that's how women are or something like, well, obviously you've been attracting like that type of woman into your life. So you're not saying anything about women. You're right. saying everything There's about too yourself. many women like... to say, I mean, like, <laughs> oh my God. There's, yeah, there's it's too just hilarious. I feel like even the most intrepid dater who's had the most partners still like even if you tried to (laughs) not have the same vibe of person and like every person I'm with is different it's like there's still you just you can't cover enough ground people are too unique it's like how can you say this half of humanity is one way right right well just show you know and that's sort of uh this is the game I have to play with myself every day because I constantly feel like I'm on this island of understanding it's just my little personal my little personal island where I just get to exist and have inside jokes with myself because not a lot of people understand. I mean, there are a lot of people that do, but I feel like we're sort of an interestingly rare breed of people out here that sort of understand that like things are not facts, like things are not just one way or another. Like the the facts that are coming from you and from your mouth are true for you. And that's what you're creating in your world. But for you to make sweeping over generalizations about anything is completely a fallacy. I mean, it's not true for everyone. It's not true for the world. So we're all here like, oh, we've got to find the truth about everything. It's like, good luck with that because your truths are always going to be true for you and they're always going to be real for you. And so if you're harping about the things that you, know, you believe that suck, <laughs> it's like, 
that's on you to change the way that you view that and to then like bring about something new for the world like that's your power that's what you can do you know and I just you know when people are just all high and mighty and doing all the things that they're doing I'm just constantly over here like you know just observing that and just trying not to ever take anything personally or to ever like think of it in any other terms other than well that's that person's world you know and that's that person's reality that they're making true for themselves every time they think or open their mouth that's them and of course they're coming into my life because it's something I'm doing and thinking you know so we're interacting we're coming together and that's a curious thing to think about too but yeah not having a lot of um I don't know, just letting each person have their own power. Oh, yeah, I'll say. Well, yeah, exactly that, because there is in this world of where there's an academic institution and there's a government institution, it's like there's this weird idea of like all this information has got to have some of its own value because it's got to be worth money. So it's like we think we like fetishize exactly that, like facts, like these things, like it's we like collect. It's like, (laughs) this is my fact collection and my facts are right. They're better than your facts. You get your fake facts out of here because I got the real ones. And it's like, yeah, there's no it's kind of just does it have an effect? Does it change someone's behavior? And it's like a different person's going to change their behavior differently according to being exposed to whatever the info is. There's this quote. So Hello. hi. <laughs> it cut off right. You were about. You were saying it reminds you of a quote. Uh huh. Yes. Yes, indeed. The quote is, "I would rather be happy than to be right." That that is the quote that I um, have to tell myself all the time. Can you? You can hear me, right? We're good. Loud and clear. Okay. Preach wonderful. It. Okay. Because. There's so so many times when when you want to be sort of the bigger person, but it's hard, and you're like, "But I just want this person to realize that I'm right." <laughs> or oh whatever. gosh, yeah. So reminding myself, like, no, it's better to be happy than it is to be right, and that's something that I have trouble with, but I'm learning. <laughs> something we all gotta learn. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're human. It's okay to you know have progress to make. Yeah, yeah, that is the constant game of, you know, like separating the wheat from the chaff of life is like, how much do I need to say about my position to affect whether or not I have an effect that comes from that position? So it's like, do I need to like forget convincing this person to see my point of view? Like, does my point of view even need to be shared in order for my objective ultimately to be reached? Sometimes in terms of just not creating a a path of confrontation in one's wake. Mm-hmm. And it sort of just asks yourself, ask yourself, like, what kind of, what kind of game am I playing here? Like, what is, what is my personal intention for living, <laughs> for being in this body, for being on this planet? I don't know if everybody else has like strong intentions that hit them every day, but I do like strong intentions for being here on this planet. 
and they are not quiet. They're very loud. And when I deter from them, it's obvious. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't sit well in my being. My whole body reacts. That's cool. I have very strong guidance, in other words. I feel that I'm gifted or cursed in that way as well. It's it's really obvious. It's I mean it just feels like the gas the gas just doesn't fuel the car if it's going the wrong mm. way sometimes. It's just the thing yeah. will just chug to a halt. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's nice. Um, I would say you're right that sometimes it feels like a curse to have that kind of strong intention and desire because when you're sort of crossways with it, it it sucks oh it sucks so hard but it's something that you know if you can learn to self-soothe and remind yourself that the only reason that it sucks so much is because there's something so wonderful at the other side (laughs) you know it's like it's just this strong beautiful thing pulling you and I'm just resisting it right now but it's the existence of the beautiful thing that is the reason that we are feeling the discord is the pull of the good thing that causes the discord in the first place. Ah, absolutely. Well said. Yeah, it's the pull of that big, delicious, tasty fish that you've got on the end of your line. (laughs) Exactly, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, or a big, tasty piece of fruit on the end of your fishing line if you're, you know, depending on what... and And listening. Yeah, if you're vegan and you get your fruit by fishing for it from trees, this <laughs> podcast is for you. In the new information age, you got to get real specific with your niche, you know? This podcast <laughs> is for vegan tree fishers. <laughs> That's the name of this episode. <laughs> yes. Vegan tree fishing for beginners. <laughs> Perfect. I would I would click on that. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Oh man, Russ had a great one. I ended up calling his episode um What the World Needs Now is Love and Variety of Takeout Options. Wow. Or something like that. Cause he made a great point. Cause at the end I was just like, you know, what does the world need now? And like at first he made like the Burt Bacharach joke, of course. But then he was <laughs> like, you know, what the world really needs is to just focus on improving takeout. You know, like, it's really very, it's really very simple. Like, we can't go out. What we need is, you know, support these businesses that we don't want to be closed, you know, by the end of the year or whenever it is. You know, we don't want these businesses to go away. Uh, And we also want the, you know, the industry of takeout to improve over time, you know, permanently. So we want more options. You know, we want better tips for takeout uh you know, employees, the people working at the restaurant for delivery drivers. And I mean, that's, that's what we got to mobilize towards right now. And I was like, dang, (laughs) like so simple and elegant and it brings everyone together. Everybody needs food. I mean, there's no way, there's no way out of that issue. Yeah, no, for sure. I think there's going to be a lot of shifts that come from that. Like a lot of new businesses that are born with this sort of lifestyle in mind of like the person that doesn't, that wants, extreme convenience and the abundance of options and pleasures that are available through the technology that we have now you know at your doorstep 
that sort of thing. I'm sure that there will be a lot of changes on that front. And I wonder if things keep up, if we're going to enter into, you know, ready player one world very soon. I don't have the pleasure. I have not had the pleasure. And fortunately I'm sure some of our listeners have not. So give us, give us the rundown. I mean, ready player one, I understand. I I guess it's a book or it's something. And it's been, yeah. So that's like, that's my level of knowledge. You should read it right now because if you haven't read it, first of all, it's amazing. Second of all, it's like definitely the very extreme version of our future that could be if we all had to stay home forever. So it's very like, if we just have like one more pandemic or epidemic or something that happens on top of this one. Oh, this like, is only the beginning. Computer on. models say there's more to come. Mm-hmm. So in, in Ready Player One, ultimately, it's very easy to understand they just live in a virtual world for the most part. I mean, they're still in this universe and on Earth, but it's dystopian and everybody's living on VR. And, you know, it goes to the extreme of where some people that have the money have the whole haptic suit and the, you know, track the treadmill in the middle of their room that they run around on and like a circle and all of the sensory feelings of being touched while you're in the simulation, you know, if someone hits you, you feel it or if it's hot, you feel, you know, so it's like they're fully simulating that VR world um, to be as real as possible. And um, that's just where they all go to school. It's where they all adventure and play and shop and everything. That was pretty intense. Well, I'll definitely, yeah, I will. Yeah. I will read that now. I hadn't I had so. Oh my god, it's my like fave. It definitely sounds like that's. I mean, that's where we are. That's right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just the way that it is in the book, you know. And it's not like. Well, actually, there's kind of a nice ending, so I won't ruin it for you. But the it's. Um, oh, it's such a good adventure! I'm so excited for you to read it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah, we we could be there. I mean, I know a lot of people are already kind of doing that. They're it's just a difference of how they're doing it. We're already all living in a virtual world. I mean, it's really not a big difference. Yeah, and it's all, I've been thinking a lot about this too. It's kind of like money is like your score in one game. That is like mm-hmm, it's exactly. augmented reality because like. Sometimes you make money on the internet. Sometimes you make money in real life. Sometimes it's cash, you know? So it's like you get points, but it's like ultimately that's like one game. But then your like position, I mean, like say you're a a practitioner of martial arts, like your position in that dojo or whatever, like maybe like you're an instructor now or you're this belt level. It's like you have a score in this other game that's like totally independent, you know? Like the whole, the playing field, you leave all your points at the door from the other mm-hmm. game in a lot of these worlds or, you know, especially you know, kids now live, it seems mostly in these worlds, you know, you have your Minecraft compound and mm-hmm. that, you know, you have way more choices to make and way more control and autonomy over and that environment way, than you do in your. Well, in a way I think it's healthy. I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I think it's a little bit, cool i think it's cool that we have this perspective shift going on where it's like life's like a game yes like the world the universe the earth it's like a game like we make our money and it's 
fun and we're able to spend it in the ways that we want and we're able to like build things we're able to go on adventures and do the things that matter to us and it's like I don't know there's just it's just kind of cool and I feel like a lot of business people do look at it like that already I think I wouldn't really know because I honestly don't know a whole lot of like CEOs but someday I will and I will ask them how how they view the world and I think a lot from the videos that I watch about a lot of CEOs it seems to me like they're kind of enjoying that process of like treating it like a game that they're just leveling up all the time and just leveling up all of the different things about their lives and their businesses. And I don't know, I would like to adopt more of that. I think it would make me a little bit more ambitious too. Yeah. How do you, so how do you see yourself doing that gamifying your life? Well, you know, I, I think about the me that I am when I am playing video games, which I do play a lot of video games actually. <laughs> And I'm very ambitious. I want to level up, you know, I want to go, I want to go and get the best stuff and I want to go and be awesome. And I want to like be the most XP possible so that I can, you know, I guess in video games, it's usually, I want to go beat everybody and very competitive and stuff like that. So I don't know if I would adopt that type of mentality for my real life, but I, but it's fun to win. So I don't know, somehow like using that win vibe, without needing it to be super competitive because I don't really think that winning necessarily means that someone else is losing. That's sort of a difference that I would make, but still that ambitious, like level up, let's go, let's win, let's do the best that we can do and just sort of being forward seeking because really that's all the games are about. Like the moment that you get that next level, you're like, cool, when's the next level? (laughs) It's like... There's really, like, no end. You don't want it to end, you know. You just want to keep going forward. That's the whole point of being in a game. You don't look back, usually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of the common theme is progress, is some idea of progressing Mm -hmm. through a story. Yeah, even if it's not necessarily competitive against other people. There's a game that Lunchbox plays on the Switch that I enjoy watching him play that I think is called Untitled Goose Game. (laughs) it's amazing because it's just like i mean first and foremost to me it seems like it's an art game like the music is like very uh it's very soothing it's very like pastoral it like evokes a certain feeling and you're this goose terrorizing this (laughs) village through a series of like minor pranks and like the there are there are kind of objectives that you have to fulfill, but it's just like you're just making these weird prank scenarios go off where, you know, people are trying to like run their little shop cart and sell their wares and you're like nipping them on the butt and making them look the other way and then doing some mischievous thing. But I I feel like the every time I see a game like that where it's like it's like art for art's sake, but done in a game. I feel like that's the kind of video game I want my life to be. Like I'll have, I'll be accomplishing tasks that to other people will look like chaos, but to me are very calculated. <laughs> mm-hmm. And artistic. Right, right. You know, one, one common denominator that I'm realizing 
the obvious one is, you know, why do you play a game ever? Why do you ever play a game? Well, because it's fun. 100% of the time, like, that's what you're thinking. Like, ooh, yes, that would be fun to play that game, right? Am I wrong? And then, so you adopt that for your life. You know, if you adopt that in your own day-to-day living, you're like, yay, I'm playing this game of life. Why am I here? Because fun. Like, if I lived that way, I would be a child again in the best way. Like, that's how kids are. I remember vividly being a child, which I am very grateful for. But I remember vividly what my whole intention was, was to have as much fun as I possibly could have in every moment of my life forever. That was my my mission. Absolutely. I think we all remember a moment like that from childhood. Mm-hmm. whether it was games or more games or more games or whatever it was, it was all pretty much a game, you know, trampolines and dress up and making plays and making videos and doing whatever the fuck you're doing with your toys and your, you know, all of that. It's just fun. That's why, that's why you live for as a child. Uh, amen. I don't know. I don't think that that's, different i don't think that that has changed so much as an intention for myself (laughs) i don't think i've really grown up at all yeah me neither i don't plan on ever growing up Mm -hmm. and you're right especially in our own inner monologues like we can always be denying this story of like you gotta do things you don't want to do and you've gotta do this and you've gotta save face and you've got to do all these things. I've never bought that. Yeah, and we don't need to. Especially not, you know, in our self-talk. Mm-hmm. For sure not. Especially not. Yeah. yeah. Because it really doesn't matter. I mean, I, <laughs> I learned that young, too. Because it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. Especially adults. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Well, that's a great sentiment. Well, we're yeah. getting close to the end of the time that I have. Do you have maybe a, a parting okay. word, a, a bumper sticker message to share with the viewership? Well, you probably covered this in your last podcast, but I'm curious, what do you think that the world needs right now? What the world I want to hear from needs you. is this noise. And the birds. Especially the birds. Especially the birds. You know, it's really cool to me that so much nature is starting to... Did you hear that there was a panther in my friend's backyard? Oh my gosh. I feel like it was real, but it just so happened to coincide with International Bicycle Day. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not sure. (laughs) Wow. No, I mean, anyways, if it's true, that's pretty crazy. If there was ever a time that I would believe someone sighted a panther, I'd say, yeah, nature's coming back. Well, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, nature's coming back. I look forward to uh, hearing more of the more updates on your experience and your quest through this very interesting time in uh, humanity. And uh, yeah, namaste until you're back for your third interview. Namaste. 
thank you for all that you do, Wilson. You're amazing. And this has been a pleasure. And I look forward to Likewise. it. Let's not be strangers. Not at all. Blessings. All right. Blessings, sir. Good day. Gesundheit. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs>